Welcome to today's Bobcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dean Arnold, and we are here with Bob LaBelle, uh, the uh, celebrity of the Bobcast. Uh, uh, as we have been the last couple of weeks, we're in a different location, obviously, because of the quarantine. We hope that's going to lift here in Tennessee in a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, today's Bobcast, we're going to tell miracle stories. Uh, Bob's got a few. I might have one or two. We'll see. Um, and, uh, and we're doing that, uh, for a number of reasons, but one of them is, uh, it's always a good time to tell a miracle story. Uh, uh, we'll talk, uh, maybe a little bit when we're done about the context of miracle stories. Uh, miracles aren't everything. They're not the highest thing, um, but they are definitely a thing. And, uh, it's part of the scriptures. It's part of the gospel. It's part of the life of Jesus. And, uh, and man, they are certainly encouraging. So we're going to tell a few miracle stories. Secondly, uh, we're in a crazy time right now. Uh, by the way, hi, Bob. I need to get you to say something over there. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> this is the Bobcast. Um, See you, Dean. Absolutely. Uh, but we're in crazy times right now. And uh, and we could use some... Uh, some up uplifting anecdotes to kind of lift our spirit and get past. And we really don't know where it's going from here. It could, it could get worse. Hopefully not. But if it does, uh, we, we serve the living God and, uh, and he's a miracle worker and uh, God's people have, have always seen a miraculous things happen in crazy times. And so uh, that's another reason why we're going to tell a few stories. So uh, Bob, uh, Let's start with this question. So you've seen a miracle or two in your lifetime? Dean, I've seen a lot of miracles in my lifetime. I uh, encountered the gospel in 1971. I guess that makes me sound kind of ancient. But uh, I had a, a dear friend that went off in the Navy and became a Christian. And... Uh, when he confronted me with the gospel and shared his faith with me, uh, I prayed with him that day, May 14th of 1971, and asked Jesus if he was really real, like my friend Rick, uh, nicknamed Barney, was telling me. And that day I had my first uh, miraculous answer to prayer. The scripture says that if any man's in, in Christ, or uh, he's a new creature, or new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And when I prayed that prayer with my friend Rick, Rick Barnes on May 14th and said, Jesus, if you're real like Rick's telling me, then come into my life and show me. Man, I had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus who came into my life and changed me in a moment. And uh, I, I mean, I had a foul mouth. I was a cussing maniac. And I found myself over the next few weeks, I realized that I wasn't cussing anymore. I changed my vocabulary. I changed how I felt. Uh, a friend of mine is Phil Driscoll, the great trumpet player. And he says, there's no high like the most high. And uh, I was a druggie and, uh, uh, you know, into the music industry and playing drums and rock bands, and all this kind of thing. And I, I looked in the mirror and I went, wow. You, you know, I haven't taken any drugs, but I'm feeling a, a high that's amazing. It's the, it's truly uh, the, the uh, most high that you could have. And so 
yeah, man, my, uh, my life has been filled with miraculous answers to prayer since then. Okay, so we'll get into a couple specifics. I want to make one little comment on what you just said there. Um, we'll tell a few stories that are just bona fide. You just can't really rationalize out of them that they're actual miracles. Uh, but sometimes you'll, you'll hear from wise folks that uh, even if you're uh, smothered in all those kind of miracles, truly the greatest miracle you see on this planet is when a heart changes, is when a, a wicked person becomes righteous and just you see a, a changed life. Um, we don't tend to think of it so much as a miraculous, you know, abracadabra kind of thing. But, but truly, if you lived a long time and you're a wise person, you would say that that's something you almost never see. And, and when you do see it, you have to say something happened miraculously to that person. So I want to affirm that's, that. That's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, a young lady that, works with us actually told me a story just this morning. She came in and was all excited and said that uh, a lady that does some work for her came in the house and she was a atheist and said uh, the Lord opened up a door for her to share her faith with her and said she prayed a prayer with her two days later and she was all excited said she miraculously changed all that hardness of heart changed and she said she uh, this lady is now embraced her and gave her a big hug and is now a believer. So went from atheist to believer. So yeah, that's the, you're right. That's, that's the best. That doesn't happen every day. It should more with us, but uh, when it does, it's exciting. Awesome. Okay. Let's start with crazy miracle story. Number one. Uh, I want you to tell you the, tell you, tell me the story that has to do with a car breaking down and, and a dog. Yeah, that's, Funny you brought that one up. That's a crazy story. We're, we were on a uh, weekend trip from Tennessee to Kentucky, and I think we had been water skiing and uh, came. Uh, I was driving, a, a, I think if I remember right, it was a Volkswagen Rabbit, and it burned oil. And so I had a case of oil in the trunk, and every so many miles I'd have to add oil. And uh, so somewhere in the, in the process, I did not screw the, uh, what do you call the, 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 the oil cover on the manifold? I didn't screw it down tight. And so all of a sudden, I had all this smoke coming out and I pulled over off the road. And sure enough, all the oil had come out and hit the, uh, the, uh, got all over the manifold and it was just burning smoke all over the place. And so I could add oil, but I had no way to cover the oil. So uh, we managed to get the car to a gas station, but it was more like a quick stop and it was closed. And uh, I was able to talk to somebody there I don't remember uh, if it was an employee and they'd locked up and they were telling me where there might be a auto supply store in their little town so many miles from there, but it was late at night and it was closed. And they said it'd have to be tomorrow. So here we were on, on foot and 
no way to uh, find an auto parts store. And uh, I'm an evangelist and uh, before radio days and I'm preaching wherever we go that, and telling stories about God answering prayer and being a God of miracles. And so, you know, the verse comes to my mind <laughs> and says, you have not because you ask not, ask and receive that your joy might be made full. It's one of my favorite verses. And so, you know, it was insane, but I didn't know what else to do. And, and, and when I say it's insane, you know, to ask God for an oil cap is something you don't do every day. But I took a hold of my wife's hand and said, let's pray. And said, Lord, you said if two or more of us agree upon anything is touching, it'd be done. So I thank you for uh, getting me an oil cap. And, uh, and then uh, actually I had just told her that if I had a piece of tinfoil long enough, I could probably fold it up and make a uh, a uh, cap that would fit on the manifold. And I kind of got ahead of my story, but actually crawled through a dumpster looking for a piece of tinfoil and couldn't find anything. And uh, so we prayed that prayer, and I prayed for uh, that God would give us uh, an answer, a, a gas cap. In the, in the name of Jesus. And when we were done praying, we looked up and just stood there for a moment and across the parking lot, about a hundred yards across the parking lot through a field was a German shepherd. And he had taken a piece of tinfoil off, it looked like off somebody's grill. It had grill mark still on it and he had this big long piece of tinfoil in his mouth and he was trotting across the field and across the uh, uh, parking lot and walked right over to me and laid the tinfoil down in my feet and uh, yeah <laughs> it was, very surreal moment for me. And I took the foil and folded it up neatly and, made, and opened up the hood and made this little cap and put it in there and filled it up with oil and put it on there. And man, it fit beautiful. It worked beautiful. It got me all the way home back to Tennessee that night. And I really hardly didn't want to go buy a new cap because I felt pretty divine driving around with that homemade uh, uh, oil cap and for uh, many years past that uh, I would drive between Tennessee and Ohio uh, excuse, excuse me Kentucky and uh, would see that gas station and it was like a memorial I would look at that place and my faith would rise up and I'd go, the God of the tinfoil. Because <laughs> it was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, I love that story. Uh, uh, it's just, you just really, you can't really explain that except that there's a supernatural world out there. 
and uh and it's amazing stuff you know uh as long as we're swapping stories uh i'll tell you a quick one uh which is kind of similar in that it's kind of a small thing i mean yours was kind of a small thing you actually had a broken down car so there was something you know a little bit at stake that you needed to pray for um but i right out of college i lived with four or five guys in this kind of dilapidated house and we were trying to do the you know the fellowship thing and uh we meet together for prayer once a day or whatever it was we did anyway i and i think i i think i was trying to make some point with them that you know god cares about the desires of our hearts and we should ask him for specific things that we want and there's no harm in that and uh not a prosperity gospel thing but just hey you know he cares he loves us um and uh and so i think i i i decided i got all the guys to share something specific that they wanted to pray for and i wanted two things i wanted a corner couch for our house which back then uh uh corner couches were pretty rare um and i wanted a table that was also a chess set so you could play chess on this table in the living room you know so those, those are the two things i asked for we prayed for them the next day uh some people who lived at the other end of the street that we knew went to the same church as we did called us up and said hey we're cleaning out our house and getting rid of stuff and there's a couple things here you might be interested in we got this corner couch and we got this table that's a chess set and we're like okay perfect yeah that'd be great we'd like it um but that really happened uh and you, you can't explain that you can't explain that um so that is uh story number one from bob uh, and then my little story there uh we're uh we're getting started we'll tell a couple more of just stuff that's crazy but there is a god in the universe he does hear our prayers things don't always go exactly like we wanted to i mean you know sometimes you pray for something and these opposite happens you, you see that in scripture all the time you know moses uh tries to free the fellow jews and the next thing you know they got to make twice as many bricks with no straw you know and you know it, things kind of double down and then they finally reverse themselves so i'm just trying i'm not trying to say this is abracadabra or whatever but it really does happen and yeah. there really is a god and he really does hear our prayers and they're very specific and this is encouraging to us. Now, let's go to the next one. Uh, tell whichever one you want to tell. Well, a story came to mind, Dean, that I actually wasn't there for, but I want to share it anyhow. It's a great story. You know my early beginnings in the World Ministry Singers as a drummer. We, were, we had a ministry center down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and next to our building was a old dilapidated building that had fallen apart and there was brick there was uh you know roofing it was just a collapsed building that was a mountain of uh old building supplies you know an old old dilapidated building and one of my early mentors was one of our bible teachers there a guy named uh steve burnett and Steve was a former Hell's Angel who was now a biker guy who was now uh, a Christian and a preacher. And he was leading a lot of these former druggies and people off the streets that were at this outreach center. He was leading them in a Bible study. And he was reading in, in Mark uh, uh, where it 
talked about that if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it would obey you. And so all of a sudden, a gift of faith, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 came on him. He told all these baby Christians, about a dozen uh, there, and again, they're friends of mine, but I wasn't there for that moment, but they told me about it. They went outside. He said, come on outside. And he walked over to that big dilapidated building that was on the other side of the property. And he said, man, it says right here, if we speak to this mountain and tell it to be removed uh, and cast into the sea, it would obey us. So Steve had them all get behind him and pray, and he pointed his finger at it, and he said, okay, you mountain, I command you in the name of Jesus to be removed and, and put into the ocean in Jesus' name. And uh, so all these baby Christians watching him and everything, and he said, all right, let's give the Lord a clap offering, and they all clapped and went back into the house and finished his Bible study. So it was either later that evening or the next morning, a guy comes up to the door, knocks on the door, and he's got this big old truck with him and lots of workers, and he says, hey, uh, just wondered about your building over here, your dilapidated building. Uh, could we work out a little trade and uh, maybe uh, we load all that in a truck and uh, we'll, we'll take it and we want all the bricks and everything and we won't pay you for the bricks even though they're worth some money to, to clean up the rest of the mess for you. So it's just a swap. We'll clean it all up and we get to keep everything we pick up. And Steve's like, well, sure, of course. So uh, they spent about two days with tons of workers picking up all this stuff, I mean, early to, to late at night, they're picking up bricks, lumber, and everything else, throwing it in these big trucks, hauling it off. And uh, end of two days later, they load up the last brick and are getting ready to drive off. And Steve goes over to him and says, hey, just wanted to check with you and because uh, we hadn't really got a chance to talk and ask you, what are you doing with all these bricks? that you're taking. And the guy says, oh, we're XYZ construction company and we're building a seawall over in Fort Lauderdale Beach between this property and that property. So here, just a few days after that prayer of be thou removed, be cast into the sea, all those bricks were literally in the ocean in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so, that's good. That's perfect. No, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, as, yeah. long as, as long as we're uh, swapping uh, uh, secondhand stories, um, I, I'll tell a quick one. Um, uh, Dave Skinner, uh, a good friend of both of ours, who's on the board of directors with us or was at certain times of Partners for Christian Media, awesome guy, a missionary to the Amazons, Indians down in South America, runs around, you know, preaching, uh, sharing Christ with people who've never heard of anything, never, you know hardly know anything about civilization um, and brings people to Christ. His father was uh, uh, a uh, executive vice president for CBS, was involved in bringing the British invasion uh, to America, was involved in the Shea Stadium Beatles event. Big, big time dude. Uh, not, a, not a BSer, a, a guy you can believe. Anyway, 
he has the story and I think I have it on tape. I think I have it recorded. Um, uh, Cause we did it for part of his come on, let's go interview. Uh, he was part of, you know, newly, my interconnect connection is unstable. Okay, we're good. He was part of a uh, young group of people that were newly converted. They were all excited. They're part of this mission group somewhere. I forget where they were. I forget the whole context of the story, but there were seven or eight of them having this really intense prayer meeting. Well, unbeknownst to them, one of the guys was actually secretly planning on abandoning them like in a week uh, because he had gotten in excited about something in, in the world and making some money, whatever it was going to, you know, it was going to mess them all up. Anyway, they're having this intense prayer meeting and all of a sudden this guy lifts up from the ground is levitating a little bit during their prayer meeting and then flies up and hits the ceiling and comes back down. And after that, he confessed what was in his heart and what he was planning on doing that was going to mess up the whole group. Uh, but Dave saw this with his own eyes, and uh, um, we know Dave, and and he's telling the truth. Uh, you know, uh, so the supernatural exists; it's real. Okay, go tell me the story about the uh, um, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, Sherathon. Oh, the uh, yeah, the. Um miraculous sherathon yeah and I, by the way i'd never heard that i've heard a lot of dave skinner stories but i would never heard that one that's that's pretty wild and crazy but uh we were in a sherathon several years back and back in the day when we kind of first few years of, of ministry we'd bring in a team from out of town that would help us with the sherathons and a guy named tom and jack that some of our listeners remember and Tom and Jack would help us because uh, they had a lot of experience raising money and uh, doing these share So we had a goal of this one share I think it was $280,000 needed to come in the listener portion of our uh, budget for the year. And honestly, it, it didn't go well. The phones weren't ringing. And they came to us and said, uh, came to me and, and the leadership and said, guys, it's not looking uh, good at all for reaching our goal. And with their experience, they said, you don't want to be like a Debbie Downer and get on the air and, uh, you know, have to be begging or letting people know that the goal's way up here and we're way down here. He said, so what we recommend at this stage is that we quit mentioning the long-term goal. Uh, again, cause that'll be real discouraging. If you tell everybody you're trying to raise 250,000 and you're at 35,000, you know, it's just going to discourage everybody. So they're coming up with the psychology of how to not be a downer. And, uh, start do what they doing what they call our goals instead of long-term monetary goals. So we're saying, okay, this hour or in the next quarter of an hour, we're uh, 15 minutes. We're looking for 16 more calls. Uh, and then when you get those, we're looking for 
16 more calls. And so they just shared kind of how to do this. And they said, because you're not going to hit your goal. There's no way. They said, we've done a lot of these over the years. and There's no way you're going to raise that kind of money in that short period of time or the amount of time that's left. So, you know, I uh, already said one of my favorite verses. People ask me when they read my life story in my book is, how do you get so many answers to prayer? Well, I, I guess the biggest reason is because I dare ask. When a lot of people throw in the towel and say, okay, well, they said we're not going to reach the goal. They're the experts. Let's just go with that. I got something in me that says, you know what? I didn't get myself into this Christianity. <laughs> I remind myself, we're serving not just a God, but we're serving the God, the living God, <laughs> you know? And you get this righteous indignation kind of stirs up in you. And I'm like, okay, well, Tom and Jack are experts, but I know the God that made the universe, you know? So I go back in the back room somewhere and get on my face. And I say, God, you gave us this ministry. You told me several years back that this was yours and I was to watch you raise it up. And so you show up by your power and your glory and your spirit show up and go out there and start speaking to people's hearts to give because we're doing our part. We're, 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 you know, we got the best announcers and uh, we're doing the best we can. But man, if you don't build the house, then the Bible says, then our labor's in vain. So you speak to people's hearts, God, and you start speaking to people and tell them to give and prompting them to give and do a miracle. And I just thank you and praise you for that in Jesus' name. And so I was done with that prayer and I walked back and, you know, back down the hallway into what we call Telephone Central. It's a big conference room that's been turned into a telephone central. We got phones all over the place. A bunch of volunteers sitting around staring at phones and the phones aren't ringing. And uh, so I'm standing there. I'll never forget it. Uh, Sonia Doran was one of our uh, leaders in, in the projects department. And she was in there. And I remember that first that uh, talks about uh, the word of faith, which is nigh you, even in your mouth. And so I pointed over to one of the phones and uh, I said, Sonia, let's pray. And we pointed at the phone. We said, in the name of Jesus, phone uh, ring. And as uh, soon as we pointed at that, phone and prayed it went ring and rang well to the skeptic listening you know it could have been just luck of the draw you know to point at it it rings well it rang and somebody called and said yeah i want to make a pledge well we pointed at the other one we said okay phone ring in jesus name and ring it rang and there was two lines filled then we pointed at another one and said, ring in Jesus' name. Went ring, and it was three and four and five. And I think there was eight. If I remember right, there's eight phones, and they're all full, and people are calling. And uh, Sonia 
looks over at me with this wild look in her eye. And she's like, okay, you know, you did it. Now I'm going to do it. And she's got this, like a gun in her hand. You know, she's like, okay. And she points over the phone and says, in the name of Jesus, ring. And bring it rang. And so she starts leading, you know, Telephone Central and all these volunteers. And, and she's pointing at these phones and saying, ring in Jesus' name. And they're ringing. And she has tears run down her face. Volunteers have tears running down their faces. The phones are all full. People are calling. Well, I'm walking around out in the hallway now, and I'm praying and sensing God doing something amazing. The phones are ringing. People are calling and pledging. The number's going up and up and up of how much money is coming in. And, uh, you know, it's hard for me to describe this because it's a supernatural thing. But uh, in Exodus chapter 19, it talks about the glory of the Lord appearing in a cloud when Moses was with the children of Israel. It's like smoke on the mountain. And uh, I'm walking around the hallway of the radio station, and there was like smoke in the hallways. And one of our announcers, a uh, very traditional kind of guy, uh, opposite of the charismatic or uh, Pentecostal, you know, he didn't get excited about much anything. And uh, he walks up to me and he says, does there seem like there's smoke in the building to you? And I look around and the presence of God is so heavy. And I've actually experienced it once before many years ago when I became a Christian at the Outreach for You Center in Ohio, like a teen challenge. One late night, we were all having a church service and there was like this Shekinah glory that filled the room. It was like a smoke. The presence of God was so thick. And I know for people that haven't experienced this, this sounds crazy and bizarre. But we looked around the office, and sure enough, there was Shekinah glory. And I told him, I told him the story of Exodus. I think in the Transfiguration in the New Testament, there's the glory of God is seen in a similar way. And I said, uh, shared that with him. And he just kind of scratched his head and said, wow. I walked back into Telephone Central and Sonia was crying. The others were crying. The phones were ringing. People were pledging. And I don't remember, Dean, if it was three or four hours that it just did not let up. It just, the phones rang continuously. And we reached our goal. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars came in. And the Shekinah glory of God was in the building. And I've never forgotten that. Sonia's never forgotten that. There's several people in the building that experienced that. Tom and Jack said they'd never seen anything like it in all the radio stations they had ever worked in. They'd never seen such a supernatural divine intervention with God showing up 
in speaking to the hearts of man and helping us raise literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, this, then, is a, this is a great story. I want to ask a couple of detail questions. So uh, you talk about smoke or clouds in the building. Uh, was it uh, where? Was it in the hallway, in the back rooms, everywhere, near the phones? All I remember was the hallway and the uh, telephone central, which was the big uh, conference room. And so would it, did it look kind of like if you had uh, – uh like like a light fog or did it look like um uh was it dark smoke or light smoke or no it was light it almost felt like a haze over your eyes like you could rub your eyes like if you rub your eyes too hard and it's kind of hazy i mean because you'd kind of rub your eyes and look around and go what is going on it was just a light haze almost like driving around up in the mountains with a, when the clouds are hanging down over the mountain and you can't hardly see through it you're just like wow man we're, we're we're driving around up in the clouds and i used to fly an airplane a little bit i took a couple of flying lessons and uh i, I know what it's like to fly through a cloud you know <laughs> you can't see for a minute that's kind of what it was like okay was, that's cool that's cool let's uh, I, i'm gonna stop you there on telling stories we might do some more of this um but we've we've gone you know we've we've, just, we've told a few um let's do a little theology here uh so uh you know we know that miracles aren't everything miracles are part of the package and jesus christ came to the world ultimately to to die and raise again, to bring life, to share the truth. Uh, miracles were a part of what he did. So miracles are a part of our Christian life, but they're not the pinnacle or summit of the Christian life. Um, and I just say that for those of you who are thinking, well, these are some crazy stories and Bob might just be kind of, kind of crazy. No, you know, Bob runs a $3 million a year organization, you know, we deal with budgets, we deal with sanity, we deal with sober stuff, you know, but you're also, and this is the, where I, so I've covered my bases here, talked to all the Calvinists and everybody else, um, but in order to see miracles, you also have to have this faith thing. Um, Jesus talks about this. It's all through the Gospels. Why does he do this? What, what, what is his game with us? I don't know. He's got, a, he's got a thing where he's like, I want good things for you. I want you to see miracles. I want you to uh, this, that, and the other. But you kind of have to have faith. You got you to gotta step out. You got to speak it. You got to say it. You know, your friend down there in Florida, he had to act like a real idiot and say, you know, be ye mountain thrown into the sea. But he had, to actually, he had to actually step out and do that in order for him to see what happened. I actually had to say to my buddies, God will answer your specific prayers, and I want a corner couch and a, and a chess table. I had to kind of step out and risk that in order to get the fruit of it. You know, and you had to say your prayer for a, a gas cap. You know? um, uh, so we're in difficult times. We may need some miracles as we go here, uh, but that requires, along with God's faithfulness, it requires us stepping out in faith. 
doing things, saying things, taking a risk, possibly being made, possibly being uh, made to look foolish, which I think is really at the heart of it for most of us. We just don't want to look like idiots. Um, and that's always a hard thing to do. Uh, anyway, that I'm just uh, uh, ra rambling. Why don't you comment on that? Well, Dean, that's a really uh, great subject. You're, you're on one of my favorite subjects. And even though there's a lot in the scriptures to understand about faith, I think I need to do a disclaimer at the beginning and say that, you know, I don't think you can ever figure it out. You can't ever put God in a box. You can't say, well, here's the, the key to three steps uh, for a miracle and uh, do these three things and God will do miracles for you all the time. As you pointed out earlier, sometimes you pray and it seems like the opposite happens, you know. Uh, but we are serving a living God. And uh, if you read in uh, the New Testament, the book of John, chapter 15, where Jesus is teaching, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he's teaching his disciples about abiding in him. And it's some crazy verses in there says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done for you of <laughs> my heavenly father. And uh, I mean, there's some crazy verses in there. Uh, uh, I think it's Romans uh, 10 says, if you abide in me, and uh, yeah, Romans ten seventeen says, if you abide in me and, and my words abide in you. No, uh, no, that's John 15, 7. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And that goes in junction with what Jesus said in John 15. So as you meditate in the scriptures, kind of like in Deuteronomy, it says if you meditate in them, if you think about them day and night, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you fill up with God, you fill up with his word. And next thing you know, you have this faith operating inside of you. Jude chapter, uh, well, it's not chapter, Jude verse 20 says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So as you pray, as you read the scriptures and meditate in them and abide in the words that Jesus spoke, the supernatural faith wells up inside of you. and You have this ability to not care if you look stupid or you, you all of a sudden don't find yourself worried that you're going to put God on the spot. And that's where I prayed for God to give me the tinfoil uh, to, for that uh, uh, oil cap. And where you prayed for the corner couch. And uh, so many of these prayers that we've had miraculous answers for. I had a prayer like that that many of, uh, of our viewers have heard about where I prayed for uh, $800,000 for one of our radio stations. And God raised up a complete stranger and gave us the money for it in an instant. And uh, so... It is scriptural in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, before the famous uh, chapter on love in 13 is uh, on spiritual gifts. And it says, uh, 
in chapter 12 that there's gifts of the Spirit that include faith and healings and miracles. And it even says uh, that not all have all these gifts. But then there's another verse that says God has given every man a measure of faith. So it's scriptural, man. And the more you read the Bible, the more you meditate in the scriptures with faith, the more God increases your faith and, and deposit some of these spiritual gifts in your life. Um, I was Hebrews, gonna, oh, go ahead. I was just going to give uh, one more verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 is a real interesting verse. It says that the word that they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. So Bible verses sent your way or preached to you, if you don't mix them with faith, the scripture says they'll profit you nothing. Oh, so that's perfect. That's perfect. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good one to end on. Um, yeah. Now, uh, I want to share a couple things here. The, uh, I think we might want to do another show like this, and you and I both can brainstorm and try to come up with some more uh, specific stories, because I think we both have a lot of them. But to our, uh, or at least I'll speak for myself, to my shame, uh, I can't immediately recall a lot of them. Uh, and that is, uh, that's a problem. That's on me. Now, what I can do, I've, got, I've done some old journaling and I've kept lists and stuff, and I'll be able to recover some of them. Unfortunately, probably only about, you know, 10 or 20% of them. Um, but we forget. We're bad at this. I remember I used to read the stories about the, Israelites in the wilderness, you know, complaining about manna and this, that, and the other, and, you know, forgetting about what God did in Egypt. And I'd be like, man, they were so terrible. They were so terrible, so terrible. But we can easily be like them because we forget what God does. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's important to remember. <laughs> it's important to write these things down. Uh, and I'm glad we can tell some of these stories right off the cuff. So we're not completely uh, uh, unmindful of God, but I think we can do better. So let's, you know, for the next time, let's, let's start jotting down as many of these little fun stories as we can. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll tell some more and we'll do our very best to be good rememberers of how faithful God is. Absolutely. Well, that's a great idea. Well, I've enjoyed sharing some of these stories today and bragging on God because uh, truly, Dean, we've been blessed to have so many miraculous answers to prayer. It's kind of, well, it's not kind of, it's a way of life with us. And, and the Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. And God's taught us to pray and we wake up in the morning praying. A friend of mine reminds me to pray before I even get out of bed. And uh, so I, I do that. I, I wake up in the morning and I lay in bed for a minute and start my prayer time. And, uh, and so our lives are filled with prayer. And because of that, God miraculously intervenes on our behalf. But we've, we've prayed for huge amounts of money to come in. We've bought buildings. We've bought million dollar radio stations. 
by faith, God's raised up people that we didn't even know to give us money. And then some that we did know that he just laid on their hearts, you know, and, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves for next week, but when we moved into our new ministry center, and a man owns an electric company and an orthopedic surgeon, about two of them and a few others pitched in and we had the money to do a couple hundred thousand of build out of our studios and a down payment. And we've walked in the supernatural walk for so many years and God intervenes on our behalf that it's just very, very exciting. And I just want to encourage our, our viewers today that it's not for Bob LaBelle. It's not just for Dean Arnold. It's for everyone that believes. You mentioned earlier that it's, you know, God, miracles in all of it, but miracles is part of it. The, the, the joy of, he says, you have not because you ask not, ask and receive that your joy might be made full. When you as a Christian can ask God uh, for things and see him move on your behalf, I think it's second Peter that says that whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Uh, so as you abide in the word and pray prayers in accordance with the word to see God just give you things and give you promises to hold on to, and then, then as you hold on to them, you see a miraculous breakthrough he delivers you from your fears he delivers you from the evil and and uh, uh unreasonable men and women in your life and he does so many cool and neat things for you that you uh just because you dare to ask so i just want to encourage all our viewers today to ask don't worry about putting god on the spot ask him he's your heavenly father he loves you and he's, he's given us the power of prayer to move mountains. And sometimes you'll pray and the mountain won't look like it moved. And that's just part of, I forget who wrote the song, said God is God and I'm not. You know, that's part of it is you just, you know, God is God, we're not. So we can't put God in a box and make it happen every time. But there's sure a lot of times when you ask according to his will, that he hears us. And the Bible says that if we know he hears us, we know we have whatsoever things we desire of him. And you will see more miracles, I guarantee you, if you start to pray for miracles. All right, uh, let's end there. Um, this has been a great and fun show and we'll do some more of this. Uh, uh, this is uh, todaysbobcast.com. Uh, I'm your host, Dean Arnold with Bob LaBelle. And we look forward to uh, doing this again soon. See you later, right. Bob. God bless you.